Hey, I'm Dean Blandino, and as a newly minted Detroit Lions fan, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who run a four-minute 40, Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 221. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Jeff the Riz Risden. How you doing, buddy? Chris, how are welcome you? back to the United States, my friend. Oh, thank you, man. It was it. I said thirty-two hours getting out of here and twenty-two getting back. I am just so good. Oh my be, goodness! Wow, so glad to be on solid ground again. <laughs> We're happy to have you back in our country. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks for letting me back in. Um, <laughs> with all but that, still works. <laughs> <laughs> with all that, we didn't. You know, football didn't stop. It doesn't stop for me. It doesn't stop for you. It just keeps on rolling. So we got a big show for you. First, we're going to understand Matthew Stafford a little bit deeper than we have. We're going to talk about retiring Andrew Luck. We're going to predict the Lions' season. We've got that and a whole lot more. Great show lined up. Riz, you ready to go, my man? Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements first. Check us out and help us out on the Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan Furum. <laughs> of course, our very first donor, Mathis and Brian, the Brookheiser maniac from I Prevail. Join them and uh, everybody else, the Riz, Case, myself on the Slack. How do you get there? Well, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. As little as a dollar a month donation gets you access to the Slack and, and other insider things that we do. And uh, you get to take part in the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Uh, Riz drops things before he ever writes them. Don't you, Riz? I, do. <laughs> I, I have done that on occasion. I've done that in the past week. Yeah, well, a lot of breaking news faster. You can see it anywhere. Uh, check it out. Again, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. We give you a little something special. And you give us a little something special, a little dollar a month donation or more gets you all that. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on Twitter, the Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see the Riz. With no pants. <laughs> Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You got to get there. You got to get there. We are starting the post game shows, live shows that starting this Sunday after the Arizona game. It'll be me and Sandman hosting this time. You're going to love it. So, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Subscribe, hit the bell so you get notified when we go live and when our new videos come up. You're going to love it. That's a great way to see all the fun and shenanigans that go on behind the scenes. Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, wherever. We're at all of them. Everywhere you look, we're, we're, we're right behind you. No further than just two steps away. Get in there, give us those five-star ratings. Remember, those are forever. We love those five-star reviews. And then also, go on over to the subreddit. You want to give some uh, constructive criticism? We can we can take that. Good feedback. Help uh, help us be better, stronger, faster. Go to the subreddit, give us the, the feedback there, and we will listen to you like we always do with our lovely community. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or ring us up on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. 
tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And th- there's a lot of stuff that happened um, since I left and since I came back. And I, the one thing, I, there's a lot of really good people on Twitter and the subreddit and around that, that reached out. Um, we got some, some sad news. Um, well, I love Zach Sander. Um, we, he's no longer. We, we can love him all we want, but he was released by the Lions. Um, we don't know necessarily what it means for his future, if he has an option to return. He did work out with the Saints. I haven't heard that they've picked him up yet. Um, Riz? They did not sign him as of recording Okay, no sign. Um, he, he can come back, though. Right, we can we can we can see him back in the Lions roster in the future if if the, the need arises. Right, I mean he, he knows the playbook, he knows the team. It's not like it would be a, a big stretch for him to come back. Yeah, he can certainly come back. Remember, he got cut last year. Yeah. Now it was it was waived injured, and he came back. But yeah, so the, the, that door is certainly open for him. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not. I mean. He was the fourth running back on the team. He wasn't going to be a game day active because he's not great on special teams. The The way that he was I don't know, exalted by certain people, um, the, the people who huh. compared huh? cutting him to, to Barry Sanders leaving. Yeah, well, okay, that might bit. be a slight exaggeration, slight. I mean, he's a great guy. Who, do, yeah. who doesn't love Zach Sinner? I just want right? to make sure we get his brain out into the research community in a hundred percent good top con- condition. That's yes. it. He's, as, he's, as, as one as 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 somebody suggested on Twitter, he could come back and be the team doctor, and I'd be awesome with that. Yeah, do interesting. It. Yeah, that I like yeah, that. yeah. He he would definitely bring a great perspective there. Um, yeah, no, it's it's it stinks that he's gone, but we knew he was down the depth chart a little bit. He's he's a great guy. We wish him only the best. If he comes back, that would be awesome. But uh, Zach Zenner no longer a Detroit Lion, and um, we you know that stung. That one stung. I didn't know if it was that or the news that a hurricane was heading towards my house that had me more sad that day. But moving on to someone who um, I don't know if I would put this. Um, in your favorite quarterback category, your the Boise State fan club hero, um, <laughs> but um, Brandon Powell is uh, is no longer with the team, and and there seems to be quite a bit of Powell mafia out there, doesn't it? Oh my God, where do these people come from, Chris? I, I have no idea. Seriously, Brandon, Boise State <laughs> apparently. They were treating Brandon Powell like he was like Golden Tate and Marvin Jones rolled together into one tasty little donut. My God, I I, I don't get why Lions fans and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna slap y'all Lions fans for a second here and I'm one of you. Why do you love bad players? <laughs> this happened with Jace Billingsley. It happened with with Zach Follett back in the day. Oh my God! You fall in love. With <laughs> I forgot the about pain that. train, baby. You fall in love. With these guys who can't play a goddamn lick, and oh. you're like obsessed with them. Brandon Powell was the smallest, so t- he's bigger physically than Tommy Lee Lewis. Tommy Lee Lewis, who also got cut and deserved to get cut, by the way, has a bigger catch radius because he actually uses his freaking arms. He extends them out. He tries to catch a ball away from his body. Brandon Powell, there was two passes in the Houston game. They were perfectly on target, and because his arms are so freaking alligatorish. 
he didn't catch the ball. You can you can see Josh Johnson just looking at him like, dude, you got arms, use them. God gave you two flippers for. Oh I, man. The, the, the people who thought that the the season is is gone to hell because Brandon Powell isn't on the team anymore. Yeah, that's <sighs> um, if if the season's gone because this is Powell is on the team. Why I drink, Chris? <laughs> this is why I drink. Stop doing this, people! Come on, come on! He's on Atlanta's practice squad. Their their receivers aren't that great either after their first three. Oh man! Me, oh my God! He's a speed guy who's slow. He runs four six. You freaking hate Tease Tabor from Florida at his skill position because he's slow. You don't. You love worship. You worship Brandon Powell because he's slow. What? Come on, pick a side. Oh my God, they bugged me, Chris. Oh my oh. God, Riz. Oh my God, that. Um, so, so you're sad he's gone. I can see it. I can. I think that's what I'm sensing oh. here. Uh, yes. <laughs> Oh boy! So Kellen Moore is the last time you reacted that way, and that's why I brought up Boise State because I knew. <laughs> and we, I do want to go. You no, know, and- I still, have, I still have one guy, one guy on Twitter who comes at me all the time. You know what? They, they made a mistake when they cut Kellen Moore from Matthew Stafford. He's very matter of fact about it. Now he used to be angry. Right, right. I was just like, you know, I was right. <laughs> Whatever. Dude. He's a coach. Okay. I need to find the mute button. <laughs> He's a coach now, friend. Yeah, no, Brandon Powell. Um, you know what? I think he'll be a good one too. Honestly, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, and we just have to make sure we we hit the bell here for um, Riz was right. And uh, okay, so <laughs> since Tommy Lee's gone, why? Well, because he can't even pull a pass interference penalty. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's the new bell. We're going to ring the bell when Riz is right and Riz is wrong. And that was a Riz is right. You said way back in training camp, week two of training camp, that he will not make the team. And he's yes. not on the team. End of, end of story there. So Somebody from a competing website of mine um, said that I was full of crap on that, too. I'd like him to acknowledge it. It will happen. Yeah. like him to acknowledge it. <laughs> there you go. All right, so two cuts. Those, those are tough. Um, other movement going on. There's there's a lot going on in the roster, especially the bottom end of the roster is going to get tweaked with. We'll talk about a guy that the the Lions worked out a little bit uh, today, and uh, I'm not sure that you know about this one yet. So I'll I'll, I'll save that for in a little bit. Um, let's move on to yeah. So so my my son my son played football for the very first time today in an organized activity. So I've been like offline since like two o'clock. So I don't know what's going on after. After this afternoon. Oh so. man, okay. Well, we have a couple surprises for you. That's that's good. I can I, I like that. Great. Um, the first thing though, I want to talk about. This is a great article in the Ringer. Uh, it was in the subreddit. Uh, Batman for Hire put it on there. I'm glad Batman is now for Hire because I could I could use uh, some some Batman in my life. But um, it's uh, article's called the franchise: a better way to understand Matthew Stafford's decade in the NFL. And uh, it's just a really really you know you guys know I I love Stafford. I love me some Stafford because he's such a class guy. He's 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 strong. He's he's uh, team first. He when he commits to something, he gives a hundred percent to whatever it is he commits to, and uh, it goes through just what's going on with Kelly in the off season. Talking about how he's showing up at five a.m. to get his workout and studying time in, and like he's leaving the practice facility at eight or eight or nine when other guys are showing up for their workout of the day. Right? Um, really interesting. Um, takes a really good look at at him. Uh, getting pulled in college because he was breaking fingers on on on, on receivers 
they they couldn't catch the ball. They and the and and be, when they wouldn't catch the ball or couldn't catch the ball, he got like I don't say angry, but he frustrated. So he was throwing the ball harder <laughs> and, <laughs> and messing guys up. So they actually pulled him out of the game and uh, put their backup in just so they could complete a couple of <laughs> a couple of. Uh, uh, passes so no it's interesting it's 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 a really really good article about him um they it talks about his his ability to um to chug beers as we saw obviously in the one instagram post as, as the beer chug when aaron Rodgers couldn't put down his little his little uh get the nipple his off of his sip. beer yeah his little sippy cup um talks about um he, stafford's world class i mean that wasn't even his best evidently that they have in that and he just he just knocks it down orlowski talks about it and uh, he yeah, said, Orlovsky, Orlovsky knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Orlovsky said um, he was pretty proud of himself, though, when he, him and Stafford, you know, kind of went toe to toe with it. And uh, Orlovsky put his down. He, he'd been called an old man over and over by Stafford. And uh, when he when he knocked down his beard, he said he, he felt he felt like he earned a little bit of respect out of Stafford that day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But I think, one of the, I think one of the coolest points about it and, and something to really think about is. You know, the coaches that Stafford has has had, right? They talk about Schwartz, and uh, they talk about uh, Patricia being a little bit more conservative on the play-calling side. And then even Jim Caldwell, who's maybe more of an offensive coach, was arid on the kind of conservative side, right? And uh, Orlovsky's talking about, he says, what would happen if, if he had Sean McVay or Sean Payton as a coach? Right. Imagine what Matthew Stafford would would. An aggressive offensive schemer, a guy who wants to, who wants, who wants your defense to have to get a stop once a game because your offense is going to score every freaking time they have the ball. Exactly, exactly. What just amazing to think about what, what, what would have been, and we'll see what happens. I mean, Bevel's offense is probably not going to be that wide open kind of thing, but I think they're going to let Stafford do the things that he does best. What Bevel's offense is is it's conservative until it's not, and then they take shots. Right. who who throws a better deep ball than Matthew Stafford? Not not many. Yep. Not you can you can on less than one hand. Yep, yep. <laughs> so um, I want to really quick. Glasgow, Graham Glasgow talks about him, and um, he says, you know, well, Orlovsky first says that Stafford has an immense amount of personal pride in trying to bring a Super Bowl to Detroit, and I, I truly believe that. I mean, he hundred percent, hundred percent believe that he could have left. You know what I mean? He he didn't ha- he doesn't have to be in Detroit right now. He could easily have, have demanded a trade, gone somewhere else, not signed the contract, the whole thing. But but he did stay because he, he he you know this is who he is. He he's committed. He went to Georgia. They're like, why didn't you go to Texas? He says, yeah. Georgia asked. I said, yeah, that's good. Why not? He didn't like the recruiting process. Right. It wasn't his thing, right? Right. But when he goes, he gives one hundred and ten percent. So um, Graham Glasgow talks about. It. They say how he has a really unique perspective playing for Michigan. He's and having played with him for three years. He's seen, he's, he says, what he's brought to this franchise, this city, and this team, in some ways it goes overlooked, even by our own fan base. And he says they don't recognize what he means, not, not even just on the playing field, but what he brings to the city. And his play on the field is very, very consistently good. And uh, Orlovsky sums it up at the end. He says he'd rather play as hard as he can, get beat up and lose, and be able to look his teammates in the eye than be phony. That's a pretty that's a pretty strong statement because you know you know we know we know Orlovsky Orlovsky isn't a BSer man he's 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 no, he's, he's an honest guy who tells it like it is and um he's 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 not only a friend but he's a, he's a true fan of Stafford and what he has I I just I I just hope that with with this team you know it's easy when you look at like Barry 
we had him for so many years and then he left and it was one of those don't know what you got till it's gone you loved watching it you knew how great he was but you didn't realize i think even in the day just how exceptional he was in the league um we've got such a great guy in matthew stafford such a great quarterback such a committed guy that you're not going to have you're not going to find this in the nfl in too many places in this day and age in particular um i think you know you don't have to be a stafford slappy um, just like you know, but you you absolutely have to appreciate what he brings to this team and and what he means to this team and 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 how much he cares about the city. It's it's really impressive and so just a it's a great article if you want to read. It. It's in the Ringer again. Better way to understand. Ringer does very good, 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 very very good work. I'm I'm friends with Danny Kelly, who's one of their NFL writers. He consistently like he puts the work in. I know I know the people who work there are are, are going at it and doing it honestly. They're good people. Yeah. Yeah. And so speaking of that, I mean, you think about, um, you know, he talks about playing into his 40s even, and it's all about as long as he feels good and the injuries don't stack up. Um, that's that's a great deal for, for, for Stafford. I mean, I don't – there's some other quarterbacks we've seen that are retiring, right? <laughs> yeah. Luck, maybe? Wow, yeah. yeah. He's, not even, he's not even as old as – he's 18 months younger than Stafford. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I, I'm going to – We'll talk, you know, Andrew Luck, we didn't talk about it on a, on a podcast yet because of the, the, my being out of town and, and everything. Um, I've got some thoughts that are, are a little bit probably outside the mainstream on, on Andrew Luck. And, really? And, and I, which is a surprise. Um, I want to share them. And, and, and don't get mad, right? But the, the consistent drone I've heard is about how courageous Andrew Luck is for retiring, right? And, and I, don't think, yeah, no, I don't disagree. If if you if you're that messed up and it's that bad, I, I get it. But the thing that I think that there there is a part of this that bothers me, okay? And and it his decision is his really? decision and I respect his decision, right? I, I absolutely do. I don't think he's weak because of it or anything like that. I'm not I'm not saying any of that stuff. But there's one thing about it that, that does bother me and, and rubs me the wrong way. And that's about the timing of his choice. Because he, he signed on, he's supposed to be there for the whole year. Even if he goes on injured reserve, there's a capacity he can play with the team still and with the other guys that are backing up with Jacoby Brissett. Him being there provides value to, to Brissett, helps him break down film, helps him get ready for games. He could do so much. And the thing is, is not just from the quarterback perspective, but you have 52 other guys on that team that are expecting to play for that quarterback. Eric Ebron is there. Love him or hate him, he's there because he he was part of it is because of the quarterback that was there, right? And 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 players support players, and I I get that, and that's right. But the thing is, is what's the average length of a a career in the NFL? Three years, like not even th- it's like two point seven years, right? Yeah. So you got fifty two guys on this team right now who are spending one of their two point seven years, and it's the expectation that Andrew Luck is going to be their quarterback, and if not quarterback, injuries is a possibility, but but still there in some capacity. And so the timing on him doing this is it really screws those other guys. And when you look at a career, 2.7 years, that t- that's, that's a third. It's a small window. Yeah. It's a small that's a window third of your career that you committed to somebody who didn't commit back. And that's, that's really, really tough. So that's it. All the other stuff. I don't disagree with with the people that say it was, it was, it was courageous and strong and the right thing for him, but. You're just not cool with the timing of of retiring two weeks before the season starts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could have done it, you know, before the draft, anytime. And and I know he probably thinks he was going to get healed, but if he looks at it now and says, I can't do it, he could still say to his coach 
and to his GM and say, look, I just can't do the rehab to get in playing shape, okay? Throw me an IR. I'm not going to hurt your roster, but I can still at least help. I can at least do my part to the team, especially with the team giving him all the money, right? <laughs> I mean, there's, they there's, did. yeah, yeah. There's no loss for anybody here. He could have actually contributed in a way at least rather than just completely cutting off and walking out. So that's that's my take on it. You can love it. You can hate it. I don't, I don't care. That's I, I no. believe that you when you make a commitment, you own your commitment to others. And um, you have to stand up for what you do. I mean, that what you, what you promise. That's that's it. It it's going to be fascinating to see how the Colts do with Jacoby Brissett, who was widely regarded as one of the best backups in the league, and a guy who did start when Luck was hurt. How they how they how they respond to him because he's a very different guy. Not not yeah. just being in terms of quarterbacking, but a very different personality than Andrew Luck. Sure. And I'm yeah. I'm curious as to how that. They're they're a good team. I'm not sure they're great, but they. Uh, I'm I'm fascinated by it. the Colts are one of those teams that I'm really curious to see how they respond to because they got a lot of, you know, we talk about the Bears yeah. and how lucky they got last year. Mm-hmm. Colts had a lot of that too. They were very low on the injury level. They got a lot of turnovers um, that don't necessarily materialize for a lot of teams. Is that is that going to carry over for them without Andrew Luck? Yeah. I didn't want to use the cliche of, of not having luck with luck, but it, it kind of fits that way, right, you know? Right. And I'll tell you the the one thing that um, just whatever last round of our champion leagues, champions league draft on the, uh, for the podcast, I picked up J- Jacoby Brissett. I took a flyer because he's one of those guys who could have a really high ceiling. And with your last round pick anyway, it's, it's a, it's a low risk. So if you guys, um, if you haven't drafted or if he's open, I'd take him. I would. I would hold him and see what develops. You can always toss him away and pick up I mean, a, a Colts, third string tight end. Colts just gave him Matthew Stafford money to be their quarterback for the next two years. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yep. So it's worth it. Worth it. I think to check out. We'll see what happens there. So um, with that, we we talk about uh, talk about Matthew Stafford money. You know Jeff Bezos, right? <laughs> You've heard of him. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. He, he owns Amazon. He yes, he does. He doesn't need all that money that you guys are giving him he when you shop there, and and why not? You know, redistribute some of his wealth back to the podcast and support the show, right? What a what a great idea! Anytime you go to Amazon, you should use Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. It'll take you straight to the Amazon site, but it throws cookie gives them a little uh, gives us a little kickback for what you spend there. It doesn't cost you any more. It just takes a little bit of that money out of Bezos' pocket. And puts it over here in the podcast pile to help support all the stuff we're doing and all the, the technology and, and some of the innovation and other stuff we're working on. So anytime you go to Amazon, go Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Everything you buy there comes back with a little kickback to us. It's a great way to support the show by doing something you were going to do anyway. And look, we, we talk about it. That's the one thing we try to do with all of these things. We try to make sure you get value or it's something that you were going to do anyway. And it's a way to help us out rather than just say, hey, you know, go buy you know, give us a kickback, whatever, you know, we just try to make it so you get value out of these things as well. So amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. All right. I want to ask you something, Riz. What do you think about the, uh, the DVOA? What, what's your, where's your head at on that? DVO. Okay. So that's football outsiders. That mm-hmm. is their, their way of adjusting for level of competition, degree of difficulty, that sort of thing from what's going on throughout the year. Right. Um, I think it's a very useful tool. Once the season has started and you get like four to six games in, you get a body of work. So you have a, a baseline where you're not just like, you have enough of a sample size of everything 
but you're probably not going to get distorted views. So it's useful to me. It's, it's one of those things I like to cross-reference DVOA with PFF and their, 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 their basic things and kind of see how they balance off one another. And generally if they're on the same track and reflecting the same things, probably pretty trustworthy. Now, if they're conflicting, then, then that's where you, okay, well, maybe I need to pick one or the other. Right. Um, so, so I, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't, I think it's useful, um, especially towards like the end of a year. Like when you want to see, okay, you know, let's say the line, we know the Lions run defense really picked up last year with snaps. Right, right. But it, it, it sort of contextualizes it because, okay, maybe they just got lucky. Maybe they played teams that were shitty at running the ball. Or, or did he really make that big of an impact? And they do a very good job of scaling that sort of thing. Yeah. So I, I appreciate them for that. Yeah, for sure. And that's something I think that's, um, y- you make a great point on, on, on that. It's the problem is, is when you look at the number of data points you have, we, we, we talked about it in our machine learning episode last year using AI to try to, um, right. apply it into, into football and in the football space. The the problem is is there's just there's only sixteen games. There's not enough data points to really put those things together. But DVOA, um, the RAS, PFF, they're all um, they have their own formulas for calculating, kind of quantifying uh, qualitative information. And uh, it's pretty interesting how they do it. And and together, I think you get a good picture of of what's going on and can start making some some good predictions but uh, individually it gets a little dodgier right because because it becomes dependent on the model and, and the flaws that exist in any model that you build so with that being said uh football outsiders dvoa projection for this year predicts that the lions are going to win the nfc north that was put in the reddit by a lunch threatener wow wow really yeah i hadn't seen that. now we'll talk about our season predictions later but I have a, a, a sense that that wasn't going to be what your season prediction was. I I do not have them winning the NFC North. I will tease that. Yes. Okay. Okay. So interesting. that's interesting. So, so the thing with the DVA though is is that they're basing it off of last year, and you know I haven't seen it, so I, I'm just going to talk out of my ass here for a second. No, no, please. It's the best place you talk from. Yeah, it's it's very it's beautiful down there. Um, understand this is me talking with my pants. You've on. really got some wonderful hair. <laughs> Braid that shit, baby. Um, God dang it, you threw me off. Um, I think that when you're when you're looking at DVOA, it's very applicable to the year that it took place. Sure. Trying to project what your DVOA is going to be this year, I have some reservations about how you can how you can apply that because the team, all the teams, including the teams that they're playing, which is a big deal in the DVOA formula, Mm -hmm. they're different. So you don't know like, like, okay, I assume that we're going to predict some regression for the bears just because what the bears did last year is going to be very difficult for them to replicate, but how much of that and how much of it are they predicting versus how much of it actually happens? I'm, I'm hesitant to go with, with, Things that are based off last year solely, um, and and maybe maybe they do project it forward with the the changes that are made on the team. Although I can't see where so I can other, than, other than Hawkinson joining the offense, I can't see where the offense got better in any way. Yeah, yeah. So I, they say so they have the Green Bay Packers falling a little bit based on a number of personnel adjustments. So here's what they're doing, and this is where I think okay. the ga- the gap in the model is. They're basing it on 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 players. 
And if a player switches teams, they bring their numbers with them, and then they use those numbers to adjust mm-hmm. how the how the team would be. Now that being said, um, your numbers could be different based on the scheme you're in, and that could have as much of an effect right. on your 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 DVOA as anything else. So um, again, it's it's it, I think that's kind of the flaw in the model when you're trying to do projections like that. But um, I think you're absolutely right. The end of the year, kind of starting to look back the last four games, I think you're going to be pretty solid on 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 the information you get. But uh, trying to use it as a as a projection, uh, just from the schematic differences alone, is going to be a, a different way to fly. I just like the idea that somebody thinks that the Lions are going to win the NFC so, North. So that makes me feel somebody good. Somebody out there thinks the Lions are good. That's I, that's helpful. I think there's you know, I think I, there's a chance. I, I I absolutely think that there's a chance. There's a lot of things that have to happen this year. Um, I will talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I I wouldn't predict it, but I there's a there's there's a chance, and I think. We'll talk about it. All right, so let's move on. Here's here's someone. This is uh, probably someone who's not going to add to that chance. But uh, after after working out for the Bills earlier in the week, a uh, former Vikings wide receiver Laquan Treadwell worked out for the Lions. That's Fields oh, Yates oh, Twitter. Hell no, Swiggly beat. No way. Yeah, Laquan Treadwell, a way to really bring oh back <laughs> the mediocrity or worse to our receiving core. <laughs> He's he is arguably my biggest draft Twitter victory because I was the <laughs> only person who thought that he was going to suck. Let me ask you: Would you prefer Treadwell or Powell? Oh my god! <laughs> like asking if I'd rather have chlamydia or chronic diarrhea. <laughs> Why oh. not both? <laughs> I'll take the diarrhea because at least that can go away a little bit. Yeah. So man, maybe oh. Treadwell's problem is that people haven't been throwing the ball hard enough. For him to catch it. <laughs> so when you're a, when you're a receiver coming out of college, and the best attribute that everybody says about you is that you can block well, <laughs> maybe that should be a red flag. Maybe we really need a blocking wide receiver. <laughs> and he, to his credit, he's still good at that. Yeah, I took so much crap, so much crap, Chris. From, from people because I read it, Michael Thomas, and by the way, the Michael Thomas from Ohio State, not the one from Southern Miss who can't make an NFL roster, who a lot of people said was better than Michael Thomas, who's now with the Saints and an All-Pro and going to set the NFL record for receptions in a year this year. Oh, my God, I took so much crap from those people because I liked him more than I liked Laquan Treadwell. I have to tell you, we're going to get the Riz's right horn. There you go. <laughs> Time of the style. Straight, baby. <laughs> so so I, wrote, I wrote the piece um, when I worked at Draft Breakdown, rest in peace, um, oh, yeah. that, that he was like Chipotle to me. I don't like Chipotle. I'm one of those weirdos. I'd rather go to a local burrito joint. Qdoba's all right. Baja's good. Not not a big fan of most, but I like, like we have, in, in Texas, we had free birds. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. In, in West Michigan here and in Holland, we have, we have um, one big burrito, which is an awesome place. And we have the fat burrito in Holland, which is good. There's a lot of little local places. A lot of, there's a lot of, of Mexican influence in, in the Holland, West Michigan area. Sure. I love going to those places. I don't go to Chipotle. And it seemed like everybody was just flocking to, to Laquan Treadwell like he was Chipotle because you think burrito, oh, Chipotle. You think right. wide receiver, oh, Laquan Treadwell. I got that one right. Thank you very much. Good job. Good job, Briz. Yeah. All don't right. sign him, Bob. No. <laughs> Say no. Say no. I think, I think Bob is on the no train. I hope Bob is on the no train. Although, let's, I, let's be honest, the the – the people down the, the the depth chart at wide receiver and the Lions are in <laughs> are in Treadwell range, right? I mean, at least he's especially you know what? if you're he's, going with a running offense, maybe you do want a blocking wide receiver. That's probably the best thing you could you get know what? at a Powell. And, and 
God bless him. He does do that well. I mean, so he would be competing. So number four is Chris Lacey. Number five is Travis Fulgham. That's. I still hope for Fulgham. I have hope for Fulgham that he's going to turn into something I hope so. He he showed something in the last preseason game. Yep. Yep. Uh, And I'm hopeful that that carries over because he wasn't good in the preseason before that. No. And I did see that they they got rid of his boy, uh, uh, John Duhart, off off of the practice squad today. I did see that this morning. Yeah. Um, I brought in uh, uh, Marvin Hall, who was with the Bears, um, former kick returner for the Falcons, uh, mm-hmm. played some wide receiver for them. I think he actually had a really good – I want to say he had like a 90-yard game against the – might have been the Packers. If it was the Packers, it was the Saints. So he he has a good game on his resume against mm-hmm. a good team. Sure. Um, he played two years two years in Atlanta, couldn't make the Bears this summer. He's on our practice squad now. I have a feeling he he might he might be around for a little while. Yeah. All right, so I think we can summarize uh, Riz's take on any signing of Treadwell as the bullshit. and move on. <laughs> I love that guy. All right, Give so me more Boris. <laughs> we're looking ahead now uh, to to the game, but before we do, you got to be prepped for the game. You've got to have your your Lions chip bowl. You've got to get yourself going on with your. Um... You need a Lions beer beer glass, like I'm holding up right now. Oh heck yeah, you got to have your beer glass. You need what else do you need? You got to have your jersey. No, you get your Fulgham jersey, get whatever jersey you want. Um, but you got to have your Lions jersey for the game. You name it. Your tailgate accessories. You name it. Anything out there? You go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com and you get it right. And you don't have a whole lot of time because the game's coming up. We'll be wait. We'll wait. Fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Go ahead and type that in right now. There, fanatics. Detroit Lions. Oh, you're working on the keyboard. Com. There we go. All right, head on over and uh, order that. Hold on, get ordering. <laughs> Set yourself up uh, with all your great Lions gear and support the podcast by doing something you're doing anyway. All right, let's look ahead to the Cardinals game. Um, we're gonna have a live post game show. I want to. I want to make sure everyone knows that fast. Uh, Samman Andy is gonna be on with me. We're gonna host that. We're gonna be live right after the game. It's like eight o'clock. I'll probably be over. It's a four twenty five game. Um, oh. That's right. It's a late start. Yeah. So make sure youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Subscribe, hit the bell so you know when we go live. We'll have your, we'll take your calls like we always do. It's going to be a good time. A lot of fun there. Um, but let's talk about this Cardinals game. Um, we're going to talk about keys to the game. And I want to start off, Riz, because I think I've, I've really nailed it here. Um, Chad Kanoff, we signed him. He's, he, he's a lion. Um, Cliff Kingsbury was interviewed and um, as your friend. <laughs> Ben Raven over at M Live said. Ben Raven, by the way, new new Lions beat writer at M Live. He's a great guy. He's a personal friend of mine, pre-existing from our Lions coverage. So really good dude. Follow him on Twitter. He's a great guy. He's also taller than me, um, and played college. He played collegiate basketball at Grand Valley State. So if we ever get like a media basketball scrum working, um, we're, we're looking pretty good. Mm, interesting. All right, so he, this is a good article. He did a good job. This is the first of, of Ben's stuff that I've seen, so definitely, I would definitely check out his stuff at MLive. Uh, anyway, he says you can hear the frustration in Kingsbury's voice um, when he talked about our newest practice squad quarterback. He's, and, and so this is the quote. Pretty much everything Kingsbury said during a conference call with reporters, what he says is exactly what we're going to run in the game. So, yeah, that's tough for us. There it is. Keys of the game. <laughs> We've got the entire playbook, and uh, our buddy... Uh, Chad is bringing it to us. What do you think, Riz? We're going to win this now? It doesn't hurt. Um, 
I will say this though, and there's, and I saw this as soon as he got signed, everybody on Twitter and even on our Slack was immediately like, Oh, we're getting enemy Intel here. <laughs> so I will, re- I will reflect back a conversation I had with Eric Mangini, who, um, as you know, was, was like sort of the original Bill Belichick knockoff coach who went somewhere else and, uh, you know, try to emulate what, what the dark master does. You got to put man back well in the bottle. <laughs> yes, you um, so I know Eric a little bit. I like Eric. I've, I've had good conversations with him. So he said that when, when he did it, when he was with the jets and he learned this from Belichick was that he wasn't signing the player from the, this week's coming opponent to get intelligence. He was signing them so that team would worry like, oh, my God, what's he going to tell them? So it's like it distracts their coaching staff from preparing to play his team. It's like next level. It's like playing Othello against checkers versus chess. Right. It's like this whole you know meta. And I, I heard some of the same thing from Bill O'Brien. He talked about it um, because he did it with a Patriot when the Texans were going to play the Patriots. Interesting. And, and Bill, Bill O'Brien is also a chip off that block. And he sort of said the same thing. He's like, you know what? I'm just trying to give Bill something to worry about. Yeah, so no, I no, think that's, that's probably like with Patricia. It, they're not. They're not trying to get Cliff Kings. By the way, Kingsbury and Patricia know each other. They coached together for a while yep. it, in the, with the Patriots briefly. Um, in, in fact, I believe they shared. They didn't share an office, but they like shared like a mutual wall between it, mm-hmm. like one of the like walls. So they, they know each other pretty well. So I, I don't think they signed Chad Kenoff because he knows the play. I, I, does it hurt? No, but I think it's more one of those things. Like, okay, we got a rookie coach over there, but let's keep let's put more on his plate so he has less time to prepare to stop Trey Flowers from from a pass rush. To, to, he's not going to know as much about Jelani Tavai from watching the preseason because he's worried about what Chad Kenoff is going to say. That's that's where I really do believe that this move comes into play. Yeah, no, no, that's that's, that's... and Chad Kenoff as, as far as Kenoff is a quarterback. He was really, really accurate at Princeton. He he completed mm-hmm. over seventy three percent of his passes his senior year. He was over seventy percent his junior year. He's a big guy, six foot four, two hundred twenty pounds, decent arm, not devoid of talent, but not a guy that's probably ever going to get off a practice squad. But not a bad guy to have around. Yeah, yeah. He's got. So we were talking about Kelly, we were talking about Kellen Moore earlier. Yeah, uh, exactly what I was thinking. Kellen Moore, I will never ever criticize his football mind. Guy's smart. He's bright. He understands how to play the game. He just couldn't physically do it very right. well. I think Kanoff might be in that camp of guy, and I like having those kind of guys around. I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then, and you're exactly right. Kingsbury's already got enough, you know, leading this leading the pro football team for the first game with a rookie quarterback already. And now the idea is, oh God, they know my what I'm gonna do, they know my playbook. Now I've got to out scheme myself. Right? And and that becomes <clears throat> very difficult. And it takes everything they right. did in, in camp and it almost throws it out the window. So a brilliant move. And, and even if they do use them for in, Intel, that's great, right? If they don't, right. th- maybe even, even the fact that they have to change some of the verbiage for the, for the, for the game, right? It, it, just, it just adds exactly. another wrinkle yeah. to it and, and helps, helps make it better. Between that and the fact that there's no um, film on our offense, we know Daryl Bevel. People know what his offenses look like. Then again, with a year off, you 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 only think you know because you, you don't necessarily know what they're going to do. Uh, gives yeah, sure you a, didn't show it in the preseason. That's no, sure. no, no, he didn't. Um, but th- it gives you an opportunity now with with no film there, 
with an idea, you know, Patricia and Kingsbury having worked together before, the fact that you, they think you you know their their uh, their playbook, it gives you a good shot uh, at, at the week. It just gives you a good opportunity maybe to to take it to your opponent in that, that week's football game. So good. I, I like the move. I like the move. Whether we we you know glean the intel off him or not, um, it'll be interesting to see if he's around next week. I think that would be the proof in the pudding. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so from there, let's talk about the the big picture here, Riz. We've got uh, we alluded to it a little bit earlier. We've got a team here. It's the beginning of the year. The sky's the limit. It's uh, you know anything's possible in in uh, preseason, uh, and then comes you know or in training camp, and then comes the preseason, and you get a couple things like a couple injuries. Uh, let's hit the injury report real quick, and then we'll get into some predictions. Okay, because um, yeah, that. That that matters for this week for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking ahead here, and we know that Jared Davis is uh, ankle injury. He's limited practice. Trey Flowers is on the list with a shoulder with limited practice. Deshaun Hand an elbow limited practice. Rashawn Melvin a knee limited practice, and Frank Ragnow an ankle limited pro- uh, practice. Does this mean none of them are going to play, Riz? If you if you're going to get something from from the Belichick tree. They always fluff injuries up. Yep. Um, Tom Tom Brady is on the injury list every week. Every week. Yeah. yeah. Questionable. You know he's. <laughs> so Deshaun Hand and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to my my colleague at Lions Wire Eric Schlitt who is at practice most of the time. He has said that Deshaun Hand has taken the brace off of his elbow, looked fine. So I expect him to play. Excellent. Flowers, it, it's totally precautionary. He's going to play. I have zero doubt in my mind that he's going to play. It sounds like nobody thinks that Ragnow is going to miss a game. Hmm. So, so with, with what with, with what's wrong with him, I'll I'll say this, and I'll I'll refer to the other team over the Cleveland Browns. J.C. Treader, their center, suffered the exact same injury last year. Did not miss a snap and played very. He was he was a Pro Bowl snub. Very good player. Hmm. I have no worries about Regna. Davis, I'm a little worried about. I could see him missing one or two weeks, yeah. maybe. Yeah. We'll see. I, I, I do think that's going to be when, – when they say that's a game-time decision and they will say that at some point this week, I yeah. think that's probably accurate. I think, just from my, my perspective, Davis doesn't play against the Cardinals. I, I, just, I think you can win without, without him in there. Of course, you I want agree. all your players there, but you don't want to exacerbate you, that you problem. If you Davis to beat the freaking Cardinals, you've you're, you got a whole other, another set of problems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he gets week one to, to get better, just to, not to risk exacerbating the issue with his ankle. So, All right, so there we are. That's, that's the injury uh, lowdown so far. Let's talk about um, the predictions for the season, Riz. It's fresh. It's new. Um, we've seen the preseason. They're they're zero and four in the preseason. Now we know what happens when they go four and zero. Is the opposite possible? Is the opposite possible? Um, what do you think? You got a Lions team here that's definitely on the upswing, right? You have a coach now who's had a full off season, not the shortest possible off season to prep his team. He's got his people in there now. He isn't trying to hodgepodge together. Um, you, you got a lot of things working here. They're used to the system. They've got to the defense as a year in the system. What do you think? What do you think that means for the team this year, Riz? Well, people are going to like to hear this, Chris. Oh, boy. Um, So um, uh, I'm actually writing this. So so, uh, as you know, I write for Real GM. I do season previews for for all the teams. I lump them all together now. I used to write them out individually, and that just was a colossal waste of my time based on the readership for it. 
So my my NFC report is due tomorrow. I'm going to write it tonight as soon as I'm done. But I've already written the Lions part. I've already written the entire NFC North part. Hmm. I have the Lions in last place in the division. What? What? Yeah. Riz, did you did you I not get your good Phil? All right. You want, you want me to read it? Uh, let me let me pull it up here. I, I will I will give you all a tease. All right. Um, this this will get pushed probably about ten o'clock in the morning tomorrow. And let's um, just really we, quick. My, my editor, let's my let, editor lives in San Francisco, so he posts stuff when he gets up in the morning. Let's let's make sure we plug Real GM because those guys do a lot. I mean, they ship you all over for for the Senior Bowl and everything else. They do. You got your ten cent column job. you do there, which this is, is really this cool. Is my sixteenth. This is my sixteenth NFL season covering as a paid person for Real GM, which is. That's insane longevity in this business. Absolutely. Um, I love <laughs> it. You got your 10 cent column over there, which I always love. I, I, I love every time that comes out. I, I do. Get all, I get all over that thing. Um, and I, I will have one this Sunday as well. Um, I've already written two and a half cents on that. Um, Zeke Elliott and the Houston Texans both struck me, so those will be in there. Excellent. Um, and I will certainly write about the Lions too. All right, realgm.com. Uh, let me, let me don't, just read this because it. I wrote it. Let's get um, this preview here. Right. right. I, wrote, I wrote this yesterday. Okay, so... Uh, the second year of Matt Patricia's re- regime, I don't read very well, sees Detroit possessing a fantastic defensive front built around Snacks Harrison. Playmaking cornerback Darius Slay, criminally underappreciated Quandre Diggs, and young Tracy Walker give the secondary some teeth, too. Patricia's, steam, but, yeah, Patricia's team-specific scheming, that's really hard to say, wow. figures to be very difficult to crack for opposing, opponent, opposing offenses, though the pass rush still seems a little flat. The issue for Detroit will be scoring enough. I like the commitment to the run game built around Kerryon Johnson, one of the better tackle tandems in the league. Matthew Stafford and the passing game are the key. If Stafford is the guy we saw in 2016-2017 who led the league in comeback wins and game-winning drives, these Lions are a playoff team and the toast of the league. But with a terribly thin wide receiver core devoid of true playmakers, it's more likely they're just toast. I see a lot of 20 to 13 losses on the way to a five and 11 record. Ooh, man, man. There you have it. Whoever wrote that is vicious, vicious. (laughs) Clickbait. Clickbait. I hope he's wrong. (laughs) I hope that guy's wrong. Oh man. Yeah. That's a little more fatalistic than I am. Um, like a lot. Well, I'm, I'm, to quote the late great Chuck Daly, a pessimist is an optimist with experience. Yeah, there you maybe, go. Maybe so. Maybe so. My favorite quote in life. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see the Lions as a nine or ten win team this year, and, and and there's things that have to have to fall to make that happen. Obviously, that, that would not surprise me. Right. And I I tried to get that. I tried to convey that that I do think this team, and I wrote it earlier this summer too. They have the best chance of being worst to first of any team. Yeah. But they also just have odds of coming in last because I like the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to be really good this year. Mm. They have the exact same team that everybody at this time last year was predicting to go to the Super Bowl. They had a bad year. I think they're going to be better in their second year with Kirk Cousins and and with the, the, the things that they have there. And this should be Long their last top of the pops year with it with that roster, right? I mean, because the right. the dollars and cents are going to start hitting. And they're not going to be able to yes. to push that thing that way anymore. So this is this is their last yeah. gasp. So they're gonna they're really going to be pushing hard. I just I don't I I just don't I don't know. Me I'm I'm thinking about you know if I'm thinking about luck you know right the 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 Viking luck is being bad. It's part of actually what I'm 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 putting my my head on here. I just don't think that this that that Vikings team 
is going to be mean, able to they, do they it. They did trade a fifth round pick for a kicker that they caught. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that. And, I love that. And on the on the uh, on the uh, bear side, I just uh, they they were so lucky last year with injuries. They had everything go their way. I just don't see that happening again. And with the Packers, they, they they're another one that could be five and ten. Or, <laughs> Five and eleven, or ten and six. You know what I mean. I mean. So, so let me let me let me go over. I I have the records picked here. I have the Vikings at ten and six. I have the Bears at nine and seven, which is a fairly significant three games different. That it is a regression. Yeah. yeah. At the Packers at seven and nine, and the Packers are a team that I have done a one eighty on this off season because I really really liked their off season moves, but everything I'm hearing from the people who cover that team is that Matt LaFleur, the new coach, and Aaron Rodgers are just it's just not yeah. there. No, that's what and, I'm saying. Uh, they yeah. don't all the resources all the resources they have poured into their defensive backfield and all of them other than Jared Alexander stink. Yeah. Um, you, you can't spend that many draft picks, first and second round draft picks, on the same position over and over and keep missing. Um yeah. why is a wide receiver's proof that? The, the Packers doubled down on that with their secondary. So I'm, I will never say that a team with Aaron Rodgers is going to be bad, but if he's not awesome, if he's not an MVP candidate, that's, that's not a good team. Here's, here's but, my but prediction. I, the, the LaFleur, uh, yeah. my prediction is LaFleur is how great a coach he is, is going to be found out on the next team that he coaches. It's just not going to happen with this Packers team. The, the, the ego that exists with um, Aaron Rodgers is is just not going to work. He he's he is the coach of the team, right? And Lafleur is going to have to be subservient to him, and it's just not going to be. It's not going to be. It's not going to work. Right. I give it two years, maybe a third year before uh, he's gone. And at that point, you're looking at Rogers being pretty old. The whole thing starts to just to crumble, and and, and I can't wait. By the way, but it, it just starts to crumble in upon itself, and it, and then it's so, going to be. So I had them. I I initially had the Packers as my champs. But I have scaled that back. Okay, Minnesota is interesting. I know you're a Kirk I'm, Cousins fan. I know you love him to death. I just I, I don't am. think he can carry I that do. team. I just don't think he can. Thielen is great. I know Stefan Diggs is great. I just I don't I don't see it. I just don't see it. So I could be I very well could be wrong. And I'm and I'm willing to to blow the horn later this this uh, this season when we find out. So we'll see. I I hope you do not have to blow the horn for me for being right on the Lions pick because. It's dismal, man. It's, it's, and, and maybe some of it is that I, so last year, and, and you know who I texted this to. It's not, it wasn't you, by the way. I texted that I thought this team was going to go three and 13 last yeah, year. I know that. And, and somebody talked me off, off the edge and like, yeah. oh, no, they're going to be, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, so I upped my prediction to eight and eight, and I wish I would have stuck with it. So this year, nobody's talking me off the ledge. I, I'm very concerned about the offensive skill position depth, the offensive line depth. Oh my God! If anybody gets hurt for even a series, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be ugly. Freaking catastrophe! Yeah. Um, they are so thin at all the offensive positions. I'm not sold that Kenny Galladay is a one. I'm not sold that. I think Marvin Jones is a good receiver. I think he was made better by the presence of Golden Tate. I think they miss Golden Tate a lot, and I don't think Danny Amendola is going to replace him well. Mm-hmm. And their their wide receiving depth beyond that is absolute garbage. I think and that, I that think, bothers me a lot. 
Yeah, I think the Amendola Hawkinson combo is going to be really good for him. You get Treadwell in there blocking. You got Hawkinson blocking. Why do you control me? Why do you control me, Chris? You can you can make up, and I think that actually I think the tight end uh, situation is going to help. With I the love the, I situation. love Hawkinson. I think he could very well set the NFL rookie tight end production record. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how that's going to help the offense score a lot more points though. If if um, I like that they're going to work the middle of the field. I like that they're going to run the ball. One thing that this does, they're going to run fewer plays than just about any other team. Mm-hmm. That means that their margin for error on those plays is less. If if Stafford isn't great, if Carrion isn't great, if C.J. Anderson isn't great, if if Galladay isn't great, it doesn't work. That mm-hmm. that scares me. Well, that's really I think the tight ends and Treadwell as a blocking wide receiver uh, come, coming in Ugh. can help you out a great deal if you have one of your offensive linemen go down. I think you can scheme around that a little bit. If you lose a second one, all bets are off. It, it's Dunzo, cash it in, um, let let Safford save his body and sit. <laughs> really, that's, that's, that's the situation <laughs> there. But um, no, I, I it, it is definitely, and, and I have to say, this is a year... When you think of the anomaly years where people don't get injured, we're actually due for one. You know what I mean? It's 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 our turn. Um, true. So I mean, again, you're you're trying you're you're completely playing odds, and you're 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 pulling that out of your rear. You can't. It's hope is not a plan, right? And that, and that's where you are with that. But right. that's uh, that's what we're looking at with. Uh, you know, I, I do want to add one thing on the pass rush. I thought last year they did a very good job of scheming up a pass rush. Added Trey Flowers, and I like Trey Flowers a lot. He's not an alpha dog pass rusher. He's he's good, but he's not he's not Von Miller. He's not right. Jadevian Clowney. He's not of that caliber. He's never had ten sacks in a season. It's going to be. And interesting. I think that the expectations that he's suddenly be this you know dynamo who's you know challenging for fifteen sacks. I I don't see it, well, and I I. What's I'm worried that the rest of the league will catch up on what the scheme was to scheme up a pass because they did a good job of scheming up, scheming up a pass rush last year. I'm worried that that's on tape now, and teams are going to figure out how to combat that. What's interesting, I think, about the the line this year is that we have a bunch of guys that make other guys look better through their presence. They they draw a double, and someone else gets freed up. Right, Snacks is is the guy that plugs the middle, and and he doesn't get the sack, but somebody else does. We have four guys who really do a good job of making everyone else look better. It, and a really, really, it's, it's the underrated, right? That's the underrated part of the job, right? They don't necessarily get the sacks, but they're the ones that enable them. One of those guys has to break free. If they are all as good as the, at that, one of them has to break free. And you're going to see guys probably have career years if this works the way it's supposed to. You'll see Flowers all of a sudden be a sack monster. You'll see uh, Snacks get the more sacks of his year, right? Somewhere along the way, that's going to break free and that's going to open up. Hopefully, right? Again, I really hope so. But you're you're counting on that with a bunch of guys that make everyone else better. So we'll see if one of them steps up into that into that position and how that goes. Um, really quick, don't forget if you're going to go to any of the games uh, or concerts or anything else, go ticks tix detroitlionspodcast.com tix detroitlionspodcast.com. Take over to SeatGeek again. They give us a kickback, let you pick your seat, not having someone else pick it for you. That's the way to go. One last thing, I do want to. Uh, Talk about, uh, I, I gotta say, he's a friend. I, I and and I mean it when I say that. it's not that I just that I have to, but um, it, it's the truth. Dean Blandino, you know, you've heard of him, right? 
Dean. <laughs> Dean helped me out the other night. I tweeted to him and he tweeted back and and got slammed in my mentions, but he answered the question properly. So people, thank you. people are just, I mean, geez, people they, hate him. People reflexively hate Dean. And I, they need a hug. I, he's such a good dude. He's, he's he couldn't good. have been better to us. He's, he's a great guy. Right, he's got the right motto, man. This guy needs a, and I'm going to find him <laughs> and just give him a big. <laughs> <laughs> We oh, love you, man. dude. Yeah, Thank he's you. he's he's awesome. And and look, you may not like the calls. He wasn't on the field making the calls. He's the one that had to explain it after they were made. So so that's that. All right. You can get as worked up as you want about it. You can be an angry person, and I'm sure you're a lot of fun at parties. But at some point, you got to take a deep breath and get over it. For those who have matured to the point where they can get past that kind of thing and and look at the world through not a hateful eye, Dean's got his new podcast starting out on Monday, the ninth. I really really recommend you guys check it out. We're gonna be guests on it here uh, shortly and in we'll, we're gonna have a couple other people um join it as well as a result a little bit of crossover stuff um it's called good calls it starts on monday the 9th dean blandino check it out it's going to be on apple on the podcast there probably all the other places as well uh give him a, give him a listen give him a download he, he definitely deserves it. the guy's a smart guy and he is genuinely a wonderful individual um yes i, I always talk about it. went from the fire blandino hashtag to you know, every time I I'm, I go back to California, we're we're having dinner and hanging out and talking, and we're tweeting, and texting back and forth. We're texting back and forth during the Michigan game while he was doing that. Is uh, is he's a he got really that call right? He made yep. a call in that game where he said they needed to, to overturn it. He was right. Yeah, he was absolutely Jumpy. right. Yep, he knows what he's talking about. All right, with that, we will talk about this being the end of the show. Thanks for joining us. Remember, it needs your involvement. Go to the subreddit, leave your comments, let us know how you want to see the show improve. We appreciate that. And, of course, give us the five stars on all the aggregators, your iTunes, Google Plays, all that, iHeart, Spotify, blah, 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 blah. Uh, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. A dollar a month gets you into the Slack chat, the most intelligent Lions chat in the universe. And uh, it helps us out as well. It's a great way to do that. Dollar a month, not a whole lot. You can give more. Don't don't be shy. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on Twitter at DET Lions podcast. DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see Jeff the Riz with no pants. Oh my goodness. <laughs> don't forget, we got a live show after the Cardinals game. It'll start probably about 15 minutes after the game ends. And if you'd like to get on the show, give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word. Or call us on the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave a message. We'll put you on the show. And, uh, you know, you can call us there on the, on the live show as well and take part. Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can pop up in your little box automatically. Thank you for tuning in. And we're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. How much do you think it would cost to get Zach Center to do one of those, like, Naked sushi things.